0: a million dollars within reach. I thought you were all talked out, Mr. Steele. Not on this subject. (laughs) Where did they come from? The large relic was a gift from the great Spanish conqueror, Pizarro. This small sunburst is pure Inca. A sunburst like that, only twice as big, was stolen from the Inca Temple of the Sun nearly four centuries ago. It had 119 pure diamonds, 243 other precious stones, and weighed nearly 30 pounds. Pure gold. It's never been found. There's a legend that the Inca Empire was destroyed by the gods because the sunburst disappeared. The
1: Indians believe their empire will be restored if they find the sacred sunburst. This one's Big Brother.
0: Is there really such a sunburst somewhere?
2: Well, if there isn't. Archaeologists have dug up half of Peru just to look at some old ruins and mummy. Oh. <laughs> 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are here with a new panel of guests. Uh, All all returning members, but it's kind of a mix and match. I don't think anyone has been on a show with anyone else. I selected this particular panel for a specific reason, which we'll bring up uh, later on. But the movie we are looking at here is called Secret of the Incas. It is from 1954. It was directed by Jerry Hopper and the writers were Ronald McDougall and Sidney Boehm and Hopper and McDougall didn't seem to do much else that i recognized but Sidney Boehm also worked on When Worlds Collide which was kind of like a big you know 50s sci-fi movie of its day and The Big Heat which was a film noir that Fritz Lang directed back in the 50s and yeah i think he had like a lengthy career as well but those were the ones that jumped out at me and this is sort of an an adventure slash drama film. I would use adventure very lightly, but uh, but that yes. is that is kind of what it is aiming for is is adventure. And it, it, it was shot on location at Machu Picchu and another location in Peru. I can't remember. Is anyone? catch the name of that city it's where they're at at Is a Cusco? yeah so so they shot it there and then they shot at Machu Picchu which I guess was the first time anything had been shot there and it also led to kind of a tourism boom to there and Peru in general because of this film coming out so the crux of the oh well so the cast we have Charlton Heston plays Harry Steele and he's Great kind name. of like a, a rough-and-tumble, um, like, he basically drifter. works... Grifter, <laughs> say grifter or drifter? Both kind drifter. of work. Yeah, he's uh, a rough-and-tumble grifter. Yeah, he's like, a, he's like a tour guide and uh, sort of a, like, grave robber, not in a human sense, but in a kind of, like, going to a location to reap its rewards sense. Um, but he doesn't have any kind of, like, uh, you know degree or anything he's, he's not an archaeologist but but he uh so he's an adventurer in this vague kind of way it has robert young plays a role as i think he actually is like an archaeologist nicole <laughs> murray plays the love interest of charlton heston and um we have thomas mitchell plays ed morgan who's this kind of shady character and associate of harry steel's and that guy, Thomas Mitchell, you would recognize as Uncle Billy from It's a Wonderful Life. And he had a oh. number of other roles, you know, that he was in some bigger movies throughout the, his career. But that's probably where he is most familiar from uh, currently. And then, you know, we can get in some more stuff. Oh, it, it also features, uh, I was surprised by this, Marion Ross as Miss Morris. Marion Ross as Mrs. Cunningham from Happy Days. So she pops up in the first couple minutes. it was like, Oh Is
3: she the horny old lady? No,
2: she's a a different,
4: the horny young lady. Yes. The horny young lady. Oh, at the very beginning. Okay. When they're like
2: on a bus together or something uh, or on a truck. Um, So she's seen very briefly, but I was like, is that, and I looked it up and yeah, it was, it's the mother from happy days. But the kind of central idea of this movie is that Harry steel works as like a tour guide in Peru And Thomas Mitchell, who is the Uncle Billy actor, uh, or Ed Morgan is the character, Um, he is, I don't know if that guy actually has a job. We'll get get heavy into what (laughs) Ed Morgan has going on, but I don't know if he actually has a job, but he in some way is some sort of shady character that lives in Peru. They're both presented as Americans.
1: He's got a lot of balls in the air. He just yes. doesn't know which one he's he's going to be focusing on. But Harry Steele
2: like will take American tourists around to key locations, makes money off of it. But what he's really driven to do is he's looking for this ancient Incan uh, artifact, which is referred to as the Sunburst, and it's this like basically the size of like a dinner plate um and it's like solid gold What
4: kind of dinner are you eating
2: a, a larger I, dinner plate i don't know jack <laughs> i'm just trying to get through the first five minutes here and then we can talk uh a larger bigger than a bread box <laughs> um it's jewel and crust and everything so basically it's treasure so he both he and ed morgan are out to find this treasure it has a like incan legend associated with it and uh, that you know the incans are have been searching for it it's been lost for centuries meanwhile these two are searching for it for the money and so that's kind of like the crux of most of the movie and 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 like where where we need to lead in from but first i should introduce our panel here of returning guests we have jimmy hey everyone um i'm
1: missing uh dolly parton's holly dolly christmas special tonight for this so <laughs> better be good thing is a strong word <laughs> I, i'm gonna try and record it
3: <laughs> I, what are you using vhs
1: <laughs> i do have a vhs player we'll see what happens
2: <laughs> and we have uh jack coming back she's been on numerous episodes for us i don't know i've lost count at this point this might be five or six and uh, your last one was i think you were on the illustrious film elves is that correct
4: Oh, I try not to remember. I really try. I try to scrub it from my memory and it just keeps coming back. Thank you, Linton.
2: Elves was a real treat. Um, Okay. So, and then lastly, we have Steve, who co-hosts with me over on uh, Franchise Strikes Back. And he also has the Revenge of the 90s podcast that he co-hosts with our friend Fab's. And so Steve is just a man of many podcasts.
3: <laughs> I keep committing myself to more and more podcasts to where that's most of my time. Oh,
2: and you have that, like, baseball one you're doing, <laughs> Yeah, right?
3: yeah, yeah. And then we're also talking about doing, like, a few others. So I'm sure 2020 2020- <laughs> – this is slowly be going from, like, a fun hobby to being, like, the most stressful thing in my life. So <laughs>
4: – <laughs> That doesn't make you any money. Yay. <laughs> yes. No return on your time investment.
2: <laughs>
3: that's the best kind. <laughs>
2: All right, so welcome everyone. So I've uh, already launched into some background information here on Secret of the Incas. What did we make of Secret of the Incas?
4: Well, I just wanted to say, since you already brought it up, the last time that you asked me to do, to watch a movie and said, hey, don't look up anything about it first, just watch it, it was Elves. And that was hell. So I was a little nervous coming into this one. When you're like, "Hey, hey, don't look up anything about it. Just watch the movie." I think you've like, had three in a, a row like that.
2: Three in a row because yeah, I, I had you watch. I uh, don't, don't 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 hug me. I'm scared. Oh
4: God! Right. So you liked uh, that? One. I was. I did actually, <laughs> uh, but it it was still hell, but a different kind. So um, this I at least. Enjoyed. I see why you told us not to look anything up, and I'll go ahead and spoil that for everybody. This is basically proto Indiana Jones, like, and it's it's pretty obvious from the get go. But at least it wasn't to you know torture me that you asked me not to read about it It at that time. This was a nice surprise. Yeah, exactly. For once.
1: Yeah, I will say I was expecting much worse from a movie that was called Secret of the Incas. Linton said, don't look 54. anything up about it. And That's like, true.
2: What are we getting ourselves into? Oh, no. Yeah, you don't want to read about the lawsuits going in. You want to know about that <laughs>
1: afterwards? Well, I, because Jack mentioned it, yeah, this is, um, oh, I mean, you can see the similarities almost from the get-go to Indiana Jones. So, with that being said, Linton said he chose the three of us as panelists for a specific reason. Um, I'm assuming we're all pretty big Indiana Jones fans.
2: Yes. Um, uh, yeah. When I when I was looking for, <laughs> <laughs> I chose people who only like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and none of the others. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So I mean, this was one that basically I have a few on my lengthy list of movies that uh, I have labeled as pre makes. And they are movies that exist before the version that is much more famous. And this movie is not, it's not an official version. It's not like they they remade it, but they might as well have in a lot of regards. And i, I we will definitely get uh, into that. But yeah, so I have a few that I would consider like premakes. And I was just looking, i as I do it, I try to shift things around and do different kinds of movies. So we're not just like horror, 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 whatever. I just want to have different things. I thought, oh, we can do this one. I was trying to think of who would make sense. And I know Steve is a huge fan of the Indiana Jones quadrilogy. Uh, Most of us are fans of only the trilogy, but uh, he, he takes it all the way to four. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know Jack is a big fan of the Indiana Jones trilogy, along with Star Wars and other, you know, like 1980s stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy is a huge fan of the Indiana Jones trilogy and Harrison Ford in general, which I believe is what, uh, who you named your son after, right?
1: Yes. Uh, his name is in fact, Harrison. So fantastic! Awesome. Awesome. there you go.
2: <laughs> so yeah. That's so I, I was trying to figure out who would make sense on this one. And uh, I originally had somebody else in the mix and I was like, Oh, well, Jimmy named his kid after Harrison Ford, so I should have him on this episode.
1: It's it was, a, no, but really, I'm a Harrison Ford fan because of his work in frailty and presumed innocent <laughs> over anything else. Hey, I you think you mean frantic.
2: I don't think he was in frailty. You're right. Frantic. Dang it. Oh, Jimmy, you're Get off. Coming. You're off
4: the cast. Get out. <laughs> All right. I like so. Hollywood homicide.
3: <laughs> That's got some redeeming qualities. Do you really? Too, honestly.
4: <laughs>
2: I actually don't know. <laughs> I have never, never watched one. that one. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, I picked I picked these folks because they are all pretty big Indiana Jones fans and I am a pretty big Indiana Jones fan as well. I, I had seen this several years back and so I, I, I knew of it, I watched it it's not a movie that I like think is great by any means. And we're going to dig all into that, but I think it's worth watching just in the sense of like, because of the roots that it is for the Indiana Jones series. I thought it'd be interesting to have a panel where it's people who are very much invested in that series, seeing this for the first time. Cause I didn't think anyone would have probably seen it before. And when I put it to all of you, no one was like, Oh, that movie, I know that. So anyway, So back to, uh, yeah, so we're just kind of in the, like, where do we fall on Secret of the Incas?
3: Yeah, I would say I I liked seeing it just for, like, the movie history of it and, and just understanding maybe the roots of Indiana Jones because, really, I'd never, ever heard of this before. I'd never heard of the movie. I'd never heard of the influence, any of that, and so it was kind of cool to just see where maybe the character had roots, and I know... I was reading the Wikipedia for this movie, and there is a weirdly small amount of information about this movie unless I was just kind of like not digging far enough. But it was funny to hear the uh, costume, I think it was the costume designer for Raiders of the Lost Ark said that the crew was watching this movie a lot when it, uh- so there was like very obvious mm-hmm. connections between the two and an influence. And she, what I did find her comment weird though, was she was like, I don't know why they didn't give this more, more credit because it's almost a shot for shot. <laughs> of Raiders of the Lost Ark. In, and I was in like, parts, it absolutely... Huh? Well, in parts, I think <laughs> yeah. it is. Not not in total. It, it's I mean, so it gets, that gets into my thoughts on the movie itself. I mean, there's definitely some parts of that, I guess. But I would say if it didn't have the roots of Indiana Jones, I would have been far more... <laughs> bored of this movie then I, I i like yeah i think i agree it, on that it's, too i, when you, yeah, I mean it's when you said okay adventure, to say that because i don't like it
2: i don't think it's yeah when you
3: said it was exciting. yeah it's when you said uh adventure light that was very apt but i think what's crazy about this movie aside from it just being like pretty dull is that they filmed on location yeah and they still couldn't like put together any memorable <laughs> action sequence in the film it's like what what's the point yeah
2: Yeah. I, I had like a similar note for myself. Let me find it here. Yeah. Just that, like, so even for a movie of its day, uh, like an action adventure kind of thing of its day, it does not have much going on. I mean, you think of like Indiana Jones coming out in the eighties and then the later ones, you know, throughout the eighties. And you think of original star Wars, you think of now MCU movies, and things like that. Obviously like, Modern movies or more modern movies are going to have a lot more action and adventure by and large than a lot of older films. But even so, there are older movies that zip along more like there's swashbuckling stuff like Robin Hood and things where there's just more going on. This has very little um, like there's a shooting attempt at one point in the movie. (laughs) Multiple shooting attempts. Yeah, well, I mean, specifically, someone is hired to shoot, an assassination, okay, okay. Uh, assassinate uh, uh, Harry Steele. So you have that, like, early on, as kind of like, all right, this is sort of like an adventure thing. Then there's, like, nothing else, if you're talking adventure, <laughs> for, like, the rest of the movie until the very end, where the villain is, like, stealing the item, he starts shooting at people. They steal a and, plane, uh, like...
4: Do you not and, remember the plane that they stole a whole plane? But it that, it wasn't it
3: wasn't like exciting. It was just they I like was really excited. <laughs> I thought it was like I was like oh okay cool this is where the adventure starts because like they they get in that truck and they follow the plane and I was like ooh all right so now they're starting to like ramp up the speed of this movie because I'm thirty five minutes in and he's just been like goofing around in this hotel with the with uh what's her name hey, not
1: all the other people in the hotel yeah
3: <laughs> banging all the tourists and. Uh, and then, like, then they, like, i like harp on it again. Then they get to the main, like, archaeological dig site, and the movie somehow slows yeah. down <laughs> even further. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so because you brought it up, I will say I saw, you know, I, I was looking up some stuff on this movie, too, and, you know, once I learned that uh, there were heavy influences, you know, to the movies, uh, the Indiana Jones movies as well, um, there was a YouTube video that actually had, That airplane scene, but they put the Indiana Jones theme song to it. (laughs) Okay. And it ramps up the action feel, like, 150%. John Williams is And I didn't even realize it. Well, that, and I watched it again. There was no music at all at that entire, like, plane stealing sequence. It was just dead silence and them, like, scuffling under the, like already there hole in the fence we get the exciting and just getting on the
2: plane and we leaving get the exciting <laughs> peruvian folk singing at various oh my places, gosh
4: <laughs> I, which is very well like done it's
2: not to knock like uh so the there's a singer slash actress who is in this ima. which is uh ima, ima sumac and she does a couple different songs it's like present she's actually peruvian and it's presented as like they are you know basically like I don't know if these actually are uh, folk songs of that location, or if it's like more modern. I know, I know she released it on an album, um, but yeah, I don't know if they are like classical ones for them or not. But the key thing, I don't know if anybody else picked up on this, but that song, which is called like a tai pura, and then which translates to High Andes, that's Jackie Treehorn's entrance music in the Big Lebowski. If anyone <laughs> oh. that. Oh, 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 <laughs> Uh, wow. Like in the Big Lebowski, when when they're like, when the dude shows up at the porn producer's house, there's these people having like basically an orgy on the beach and like somebody's like being like thrown up in the air yeah. with like a, uh, like, I don't know, some kind of like big sheet or something. And then Jackie Treehorn comes out of the ether and says like, hey, dude, nice to meet you. I'm Jackie Treehorn. But yeah, so that song was like, I think it was wow. kind of like a hit in the 50s. Um, in a weird way. And then it's, it's
3: in this movie. So I cannot not associate it. (laughs) No, I don't, I think it does have some weird, like connections (laughs) to other stuff that, that does make it weirdly a worthwhile watch strictly. If you're somebody who wants to like, like, uh, Linton was saying, like, you know, as far as understanding, you know, the, the pre-make angle of, you know, what's the influence of this on other movies, other better movies <laughs> all right um i <laughs> but it's like, i do you know, want
4: to step in and say defend it well, okay if, <laughs> i didn't defend. love this movie but i did enjoy this movie it sounds like more than anybody else did i think a huge part of that is because i am a dialogue fiend like i if there's clever dialogue i'm with you i'll stick with you that's fine i'll stand by you and the dialogue in this movie was on point it was really good Uh, I am a complete sucker for like that witty back and forth and like the one-liners and things like that. Uh, And this certainly did not disappoint in that regard. There's so many really quotable moments in this movie that I loved. And you don't get that as much anymore. I feel like that was a bigger draw in older movies, in like 50s and 60s. I think partly because, you know, they didn't have a lot of other things going for them in older (laughs) movies. Uh, or at least you know good dialogue is the easiest thing to get but yeah they also
2: had I I would agree with you on that like they also had like really good writers a lot of times like novelists Uh who were trying to so that's part of it but also those novelists were trying to make the movies more interesting I think for themselves and also you get some dialogue back in like 30s 40s and 50s where there's a lot of like not not necessarily like double entendres, but there. I mean, there's that, but there's also a lot of subtext yes. to the dialogue oh, where yeah. things yeah. are being said, but there's more being said. Yes. and they had to do that because they had to sidestep sidestep all kinds of censorship issues. So you do get a little bit of that in this
3: movie. I'd agree. It's, it's I think less Jimmy, subtext in...
4: than just straight up text in this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I kind of agree on that one. <laughs> yeah, they really just like. I mean, that is, I would say the one because I wrote a bunch of the yeah, yeah, I like so as I was watching the movie. Um, yeah, share, and share some I,
2: of the choice quotes you guys liked uh... So
3: I the three that I the three that are my favorite are because um, I, I do agree with you, Jack. That uh, I think that's the most redeeming quality of this movie is that like as you just get to have Charlton Heston just run around saying a bunch of funny stuff, um, which. Is uh, always enjoyable, but he the three lines I really liked was when he's talking to Ed Morgan after the assassination assassination attempt. I think he says, "I don't like your face. If I see it again, I'll change it." And then when he talks to Ed Morgan again, he just goes, "You slob," (laughs) and that was really good. But my favorite, and this is definitely a product of the time where you could where it was you know uh, rampant sexism and stuff like that. So I don't endorse. (laughs) The exchange, but it's when you see it in the context of like an old movie, it's like kind of funny just to see what it was like back then and what you could kind of get away with or what they would deem, you know, an appropriate interaction between a man and a woman. Um, Elena and uh, Harry Steele are arguing and she goes, I have the right to ask questions. And he says, sure, but don't do it. It annoys me. (laughs) And (laughs) that was a really great line. There's also the one about the money
2: I'm not sure who added that. Oh my one. gosh! Yeah, the money.
3: Oh, um, money sings, and I or and I well, like. There's, there's are, that one. I like music. There's a different sh- one.
4: Yeah.
1: No, it's with uh, Mrs. Cunningham, no, it was, right?
4: Again, the
1: is that is the, that that character?
4: Well, it was the the young horny woman versus the old horny woman.
1: Right, right, right. As she was leaving, it was like most men don't like taking money from women, <laughs> and he does like the sleaziest version of. It's the best <laughs> kind. It's the hardest <laughs> to get. And he like <laughs> sniffs the money and goes, <laughs> and it always smells so no. good. And then like forcibly kisses so her. And no, this is God. like, this Every is God pure, God this
2: is pure Charlton Heston too. So it's, it's the best rogue
4: thing. It's the, it's he'll cheat you and you'll thank him for it. I like the um, Indiana Jones or Han Solo or like everything Chris Pratt ever does. It's that kind of thing. He's got that kind of uh vibe going for him. Um, but he is a little more on the rogue side than the charming side in this movie. He's a, and he's partly a, he's a bit of a bastard, a bit, a bit of a bastard, yeah. but he's a devilishly <laughs> handsome bastard. Let's all be honest. He's a very good looking bastard.
3: Which is how he gets a lot of things done, because he's pretty an irredeemable guy. <laughs> Like, he's not a good guy throughout this entire movie until the very end when he's like, well, I guess I'll give away, I'll give this treasure back. (laughs) But, like, that was really shoehorned in because right up to that point, I was pretty convinced he'd honestly get on that plane and fly away with that.
4: Well, that's actually the other thing I liked about this movie um, was the comparison throughout. And you don't start getting it until I think they're in Machu Picchu. um, But Irena actually points out that ed morgan the the slob um is kind of essentially a foil for uh, uh indiana uh heston here for um for the whole movie yes. and harry, harry like, Steele. i'm aware of his name i am calling him a different name because that's who he I'm, is just in trying my to, I'm
2: just trying to help that's all
4: well there's your problem Uh, so basically she points out, she's like, Hey, this, uh, older, fatter guy who's obsessed with money. She's like, that's just you without your good looks. Like that's just you aged. And at first he like totally brushes it off. And then as the movie goes on, he's like, Oh shit. It's like, he just kind of figures it out. And like their final, um, kind of face to face is very much all about that. And, um, Ed is very much. So
3: let me ask you this then, uh, not to cut you off. Let me ask he you did. this then. Uh, when he... <laughs> <Jet> <laughs> not to do it, denied, but I will, and, and I will continue. Denied. So let me ask everybody this question then. I want to get everybody's opinion on this. Then. Is uh, Maybe I'm missing a point of this, but um, at the end of the movie, he sneaks into the tomb yes. and uncovers the uh, sun... The sunburst. What's it called? The Sunburst, yeah. yes. The dinner yeah. plate. The giant gold yeah. dinner plate. You know, like uses. Yeah, that's right. Don't we all? We all have a gold plate. Um, and he, but he goes and sneaks in in the middle of the night, and he gets it. What was he going to do with it? If he was doing it under the cover of like darkness alone, was he going to just fly oh, off? I mean,
2: it—he it, it? It, it, really? absolutely turns on a dime. <laughs> like he's just—he he goes in there. I to think take he take didn't it. know. Okay,
4: that's didn't my. Know I, what? I didn't. Th- I don't think he knew. What didn't he was know gonna what he was going to do. Gonna do? At that point. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I think he was like, well, I just got to find it and then I'll figure it out. I think it could have gone either way, honestly. And I think that's where he was in his uh, character arc at that point was he's like, well, I I still know how to find it. No one else does. So I'm going to find it. And then once I have it, then I'll figure out what I want to do and which way my path will take me.
3: That's fair. I I could buy that. I could buy that. I could see there being a scene where he's looking at the gold plate and like thinking he's going to do it and then like stopping himself and uh, maybe making that choice rather than being forced into it by Ed Morgan, the slob, uh, who essentially forces him to make that decision because he's not going to give it up to him. Obviously, I could could buy that.
4: But I very later in the movie, the last scene between those two, he does have a choice. He catches Ed Morgan, who has run off with the giant starburst sunburst um <laughs> starburst. and that's all i can think about it's like i just think of it as this big pink starburst um i guess it would be the yellow starburst cuz it's gold anyway uh so ed morgan runs off with it and uh not indiana jones catches up with him and they have a whole talk and it's actually i love that scene i love the what they discuss in that scene and basically ed morgan is also like you should have seen me when I was your age. I was amazing. I could have done this, but now I'm old and I can't, I can't get away with this anymore. And they struggle over the giant dinner plate and Ed Morgan falls. And actually, it's very fitting because his whole thing was like gravity caught up to me. And like now everything hangs down, you know, and then I, I actually was typing in my notes. Now he's going to fall and then he falls because <laughs> gravity did catch up to him. Um, and Harry Steele is alone at that point. He's alone in the woods. He could have gone off. He could have left. And the movie is trying really hard to make it clear that he could have. Uh, but he doesn't. He turns around goes back and gives it to the people and makes them happy and then wins the woman, you know, happiness forever. Amen. So I will say, I
1: think I think we are giving this movie a little too much credit in that regard. I, I actually think um, a movie that is around this time that does some of these things just a lot better. That actually watched this year for the first time as well is uh, a treasure of the Sierra Madre with uh, Humphrey yeah. Bogart. Um, that came out like six years before, and they do a really, really good job of kind of playing of off these characters that are, all right, what would you do to get the treasure? Like, how far would you go? And, you know, like that internal you know struggle of, do I go an extra mile? Do I go a little bit further just to get this treasure for myself? And then Greed ends up getting them in the end. And I think this movie kind of touches on that, but... I think the sh- like the comparisons between Charleston Heston and Edward Morgan in this movie are kind of, you know, put in at the last minute, and uh, I just think this movie could have done a little bit more uh, with it throughout. Um, yeah, to I, it it does, I more... totally
2: agree with the treasure comparison because I mean that if you if you anyone hasn't seen that movie, it is fantastic. It's a great classic film, uh, one of Bogart's best movies, but it was directed by John Huston who did a lot of other great films, including um, the Maltese Falcon and many others throughout his career. So yeah, that, that movie definitely plays tighter. It's more action oriented, even though it's, it's not, it's not nearly as much as like positioning itself as like an adventure kind of thing. It's more of like these desperate guys, but there's still more action in that than there is in this. But yeah, I would agree with you that like that goal comes out and stevie had something uh but I, I do briefly before the thread gets lost i wanted to comment on jack's uh mention of the ending with morgan the morgan character talking to harry when he's talking about gravity like that dialogue and that scene works really well like and it's and charlton mm-hmm. heston was a pretty good actor he's not the key component of that scene but like he you know he's playing off of the other actor the other guy uncle billy is also a very good actor and he's the one who's carrying that scene and And I wish they would have done more of that level with that villain character throughout the whole movie, because that could have been a really interesting villain. It's only like, he's just presented as kind of like a a sleazy slob slob. and you know, (laughs) you don't get a whole lot. And then at the end, like Jimmy's saying they kind of wedge this thing in and like, Oh no, I've got some depth and it's like, Oh, okay. Well this, the, the actor makes it work really well. But I think that's something
3: you needed more throughout the movie. Uh, Steve? I was just going to say, yeah, I think it, I think really ultimately this is just a half-baked idea. I think it's actually a really great concept, and I think there's some really good elements at play. And there are things that would be cooler in a better movie. I think it's just <laughs> one of those – I mean, I, I just really think it's just one of those movies that's just sort of – sort of half baked where it's like this is a pretty cool idea that just doesn't really that didn't really translate to what they were trying to do um, you really can't go wrong with like an adventure movie when you're trying to get treasure it's just like can you pull it off with the characters and with the adventure element and while there's stuff in here that could have worked it just kind of yeah i mean it's just sort of there well, and most know? most of the time it's just scenes of people talking And
2: I know that like some of that dialogue is good, (laughs) but if we're saying it's positioning itself as an adventure movie, which I think it would have been selling itself as one back in the fifties. I don't think we're just putting that on it. Like, so if it's positioning itself as an adventure movie, it's like you have very minimal action adventure going on. Like, like Harry doesn't, I I know it's not going to be 1981 Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I know you're not going to have all those kinds of great action sequences, but Harry, like, doesn't really fight anyone there are no external threats there's like very little other than the villain trying to trying right. to shoot some people at the very end it's like
4: he punches at, at least two people and his, hey, he does go. little like whoop, he does a tiny little punch and they yeah. are laid yeah, out he, on the he, ground he, so he's clearly i don't think very he very can call some of those
3: pokes punches that, yeah i know right he pokes that romanian yeah. guy right in the head yeah and he like the guy's just out, with out cold yeah he's in a coma
4: yeah same well, with the, uh, a- the assassination attempt guy. He comes in and, like, does this badly choreographed swing, and the guy's just out on the ground. Harry Steele just got shot at. He's fine. But he just <laughs> does a little, like, whoop and the guy's out.
3: Well, and and how do you not have <clears> – <throat> very easily you could have had a scene where when he goes to get the plane, he has to, like – fight his way through some people to get the plane as opposed to it being like, I'm going to forehead boop you. And then I'm just going to waltz myself onto this plane. And he just did shoot up. a window. No, 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 no he, he, threw didn't shoot he threw a rock through a window. window. Oh yes, yeah. Which is the so biggest action that point. In that, in that yeah, scene. that's true. <laughs> yeah. He creates the diversion. So there were four guards basically waiting there that he could have, you could have had like a really fun sequence with where he and Elena have to fight them off in some, some way, shape, or form, and it could have even been more comical. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it just seems no, like I a agree. wasted opportunity.
4: A lot of setups and a lot of kind of like fumbling of the ball when it comes to that sort of thing. Totally agreed on that. I just don't think the movie is totally void of substance. That's, that's the part I was standing up for is like, all right, it had moments. I think it was worth watching. There's stuff in it that I'm probably going to keep reflecting on for a long time. And dang, do I love the dialogue. That's it's not a great movie. I thought it was a decent movie.
1: That's yeah. Fair. I think I agree with you there. Um, and I just think in Defter hands, it probably could have been a much better movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: To your point, Linton, I think you said the director didn't really go on to do a whole lot um, mm-hmm. after this. Or they, he might have um, done some this. stuff,
2: but I was I always look for <laughs> things that jump out of me. As yeah, it's like, things oh that's real, super yeah. famous or whatever. Yeah. And I wasn't seeing anything. I, I didn't mark anything down for him, so I wasn't seeing anything like big. Because, like you said, they shot on
1: location, which, I mean, is it was pretty cool. cool. There was yeah, some really like good actually shots seeing, in it. Yeah. yeah, like there was some cool stuff in it. It just – I don't think he had a great plan for just getting some action out of, out of Heston. And
3: I mean, you like – it could have – I mean, you had a whole – in the last third of the movie, you're introduced to the archaeological team that's already at Machu Picchu digging for the tomb. And you could have really played with some really fun stuff inside of the either the tomb or like in Machu Picchu where there's some adventure element or like you have two competing groups. So like Heston, or, the or, other guy know, could have been like know, sabotaging
2: like the, uh, the archaeologist the people, <laughs> yeah. but they kind of just show up and the archaeologists yeah. are there and just like, oh, hey, these guys are here too. I guess we'll just hang out. Yeah, they're all just friends.
4: <laughs> yeah, <yep>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they buy, and they
3: like, story Ed like
2: Morgan shows up and is like, oh, he seems friendly, too. Cool.
4: <laughs> Although, yeah, they have this whole dialogue scene of talking about uh, Charlton Heston is like, hey, do you guys uh, have any extra guns laying around? I want to go hunting. And the doctor, the archaeologist archeolo- <laughs> doctor is like, no, there's not really much to shoot around here. And Charlton Heston talking about uh, Ed Morgan is like, I think I could find something. Like, they have this whole charge dialogue scene, which is great. It's so good. But the the archaeologist is just like this is normal. This is a totally fine conversation that yeah. we're having, and there's you no subject these men whatsoever. like
2: each other. Clearly, they enjoy each <laughs> other's
3: company.
4: They're not He's talking busy... about shooting each other. He's too
3: busy finding his wife in Elena.
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah, totally. He's...
3: I, I figure it I figure eventually if not right now we can talk about the character of Elena who I, I think uh, we should we both talk really about Elena
2: and uh, along with that I mean just separately we should also talk a bit about Ed Morgan because I think people have a good bit to say on Ed Morgan so let's go elena first
3: <laughs> so I would assume, and I, I really I honestly haven't in my uh, movie watching career watched tons of old movies I, I really I wouldn't say I avoid them like the plague, but they're just never the ones that I go to first, Um, you know. So I guess I can't uh, – I'm just going to generalize. I would assume a lot of female characters at this age of Hollywood are essentially treated like this, where they're just for some men to kiss and treat like garbage. Grab
4: a lot. A lot of grabbing. So much grabbing.
3: (laughs) Right. And so – she she's a very bizarre character. I so she is a Romanian refugee, which is an mm-hmm. interesting backstory. I is does it have something to do with like was there something at this time where that was like a big deal? I don't know.
2: You're asking like, the wrong right, panel. It's uh, like...
3: <laughs>
2: we Don't we're you guys know your Romanian Jones, not, not any <laughs>
1: so, real history.
4: Right? And there was no Romanian <laughs> one so, in that, so...
1: so they, she's kind of close to Elsa, I guess. I, yeah, I, I agree with ex- you, though.
2: They yeah, don't It's explain totally vague in what she's fleeing and why. And then... And, and the, the bigger question for me was, somewhere in there, like, after certain details have been shared, somewhere she tells one of her suitors um, that... I think she'd been basically. She's been trying to get to America, and she's been trying. She says for three years, and I was like, "How could it take that long?" Like, I know that like means are limited in terms of like how she's moving from place to place, but it just it it seemed like she's literally somehow like moving country to country inching closer to america over the course of 3 years yes. i just didn't buy it like it just it just That's seemed like implying. you could have taken like a ship across somehow she got she got to south america she didn't have papers well, she got to Winston. south america
4: somehow yeah
2: from europe
4: yeah clearly you've never been a woman in the 50s trying to travel countries like your privilege is showing I guess.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, Leonardo DiCaprio could win a ticket to on the Titanic on a exactly. poker game. And off to America he goes. White male privilege.
4: So easy. No, I think, I think, I know I'm totally ignorant of this type of history. I, I'm most types of history. Let's be honest. But um, I agree. It's a little like, okay, if you start digging into all of the details, all of the, the fact checking, all this. Okay, sure. Maybe it's dubious. I think the point is. Her dream is to go to America, you know, like every non American person in the world that's always the dream, right uh-huh, uh, right. especially according to this era of movies but um, and she has a difficult time getting there. she has no money, and so she kind of has to use her feminine wiles she has to kind of use her body to like get where she needs to go, and she feels guilty about it um and I think that's kind of the whole point. I don't think you're meant to like really. All right. So three years ago, she was in Romania. Let's track exactly where she went from. there.
2: Yeah, I don't know. But for me, like when you introduce certain things in a film or, you know, or in a script, it just creates certain questions. That's all I had. They didn't dive much into who she was or what her backstory was. So for me, it was just a big question mark of like, why has this taken as long as it has? I mean, because it it, it, it also changes since It changes nothing to, for a character if she's been trying to get there for a year or three years. Like, it's still... She would have been, like, in a shitty situation. And she essentially admits at one point that she's prostituting herself. So that... I don't see how that mm-hmm. alters much if the script says a year versus three years. So for me, the three years was just like, what has this been? But that's all.
1: Well Plus, I mean, she gets to Peru and between like charleston heston and the archaeologist like she basically has two like choices as to who's going to get her into america because they both basically just threw themselves at her I mean, you know like not, heston not quite as much but the archaeologist was like marry me now i will take you to america and you're telling me it took her three years to find someone who was
3: ar- it was going to be that. the
4: only decent man in this whole movie to <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> be fair the
3: hey, I guess if the...
4: jackass. yeah
3: charleston heston was going to drop her in mexico kept telling That's her that the thing.
4: like if you're not in control of who's taking you places if you don't have money to be like hey i need to go from here to here if you're just like grabbing onto whoever will help you travel next you don't have control over where you end up like she goes with charlton heston and she's like you're gonna take me to mexico right he's like yeah, yeah, yeah sure we just gotta make this pit stop in the totally different direction <laughs> and place first and she's like well fine great okay at yeah. least you're hot
3: well i think like and i buy that in, in the context of the movie I, I buy like like that she's falling for Charlton Heston. What was crazy was that once she gets to Machu Picchu, she like there's this like ruse that they're doing where it's like do whatever you got to do to you know convince them that we're cool and then we'll we'll get this treasure, but she ends up just actually falling for this archaeological guy who is like a very decent man and he proposes to her like just like Point Blake.
4: It's the best and, proposal ever, though, because he tells he's telling the story, this history of the Incas. And he's like, uh, you know, just kind of going into details like, oh, okay, so this is why the sunburst is important. They would bring it here. And also, would you marry me? Like, it just ends yeah. the story with that. And it's amazing. I laughed out loud. I think loud. he
3: apologizes for it after that, He too. does. Like, Sorry, this I'm is my first time this. proposing yeah. to someone. <laughs>
4: <That's> so good. <laughs> it's so awkward.
3: I think that's how... Uh marriages usually happen back then because it's always every story you hear about like old marriages was like i knew him for a week and then we were married for 50 years
2: meanwhile you have uh roguish charlton heston delivers a line to her at one point i've seen so many women cry it doesn't impress me anymore
4: (laughs) so good oh he's such a jerk and it's hilarious but then to to his credit, she does immediately stop crying and she's like, well, that usually works. Like, so it was, it was her, you know, kind of acting a bit.
3: Do you think at the end of the movie he takes her to America when they walk off together into the sunset or does he like just drop her in Mexico? And is like, that was fun. See ya.
1: (laughs) No, there's no way they stay together. (laughs) No,
3: never. They're so
4: bad for each other.
1: So here's a question. How come? All right. So did I, I know that she asked the archaeologist about, like, who cut down the cherry tree. Oh, my God. He, yeah. He was like,
2: George Washington. And she, like, runs out of the room. That's, okay, yeah, upset. that's...
1: And I was That's, like, "Did I miss so,
2: something here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I, I think you did. So, so there's a point when she's talking. My interpretation of what Jack may have something different, but like my interpretation of that is is earlier in the movie she's talking to Charlton Heston, and she says something like, "Oh, I know everything about America," and she says something about Abe Lincoln chopping down the cherry tree, and she also uh, there's some other things she screws up um, that she gets. She also asks the doctor. Gotcha. Um, I can't remember what it was, but Charlton Heston basically like, it's like, oh yeah, you do know a lot. Like he, he like allows her it be. to it's the apple. Yeah. yeah. The
3: apples in California. That's and right. Apples the... in California. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah.
2: That's what it was. So she talks about like, yeah, apples being in California. And then the doctor at some point says oranges, it's oranges are in California. And so like, I think the implication that you're supposed to get is, oh, Charlton Heston was being kind to me by not correcting me on this. And it's like, Okay. But the other guy wasn't being a jerk by saying what was right. So i it's its a real muddled kind yeah, of she, thing. She
3: point blank asks him, like, who cut down the cherry tree? And he goes, uh, George Washington. And she's like,
4: oh. She's so that's like, my well, favorite part of that scene that was already great because he just asked her to marry him out of nowhere. And then they kind of discuss a little bit. And she seems to be, like, really considering it. And then the whole, like, apples to oranges things happen. And then she starts crying, like she starts tearing up and she turns to him very seriously and is like, who chopped down the cherry tree? He said, well, George Washington. And then she bursts into tears and leaves the room. I'm like, this is the (laughs) best, like, uh, almost engagement scene ever. It's so (laughs) funny.
3: as if he could even, like, understand what that context right. was. It's like a, the con-
4: can you like imagine it- being him in that moment? It's so crazy.
3: Well, uh, <laughs> I I think we were going to get married.
2: The proposal was right out there. It was all going well. And then we started talking politics. And I don't know. <laughs> it, went it, just... it went downhill.
4: I actually did not. I uh, That was a weird scene. Uh, as far as, you know, kind of what she's thinking in that moment, what she's feeling. I didn't quite see it as... Oh my god, he was so sweet to lie to me. It was more like he is such a good liar. I didn't even consider it. And it's like to her that was like they had a moment cuz when she and Charlton Heston were discussing that first, it was uh when they had after they had stolen the plane but they had to spend some time in the woods and uh you know, they have a, what is the equivalent of a 50s makeout scene, which is to say they kiss once or twice. Um <laughs> and then it fades to black. Wink uh, but that's where they have that whole scene. And it's like very emotional for her. And like, they're very, um, they're connecting. And then she found out, oh, that connection. He was just lying to me. Was he lying to me to get me to kiss him? Or what was the deal with that? So I feel like that's she was I hurt in it. that moment.
3: Yeah, yeah. I viewed it as he was just lying. He was like, yeah, baby, whatever. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, that's how it felt.
1: Yeah. It feels like the, the, you know, the whole stereotype of, oh, the nice guy finishes last, but, the guy who's a complete jerk and just lies to the the woman the whole time is like, well, I'm I'm definitely going with that one, right? Yeah, I did actually
4: right. think that while watching I, this. I was like, Reddit cannot get a hold of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let it happen.
2: Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't read it that way just because I didn't understand if she was hurt or bothered by it. Why she would flee Doctor Man like she did?
4: Because she was um, having emotions. Don't you have emotions, right. Linton? That's what I thought. Fun.
2: <laughs> always always a good
4: time. You keep inviting me back. It's your fault. Uh, anyway, that
2: is a mistake I. Want be, uh, he
4: says that every time. every single podcast, this exact exchange happens.
2: yeah, next but podcast. I... and we welcome back, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that at the crux of it is the scripting of this is quite bizarre, yes. and that it's you know, a lot of this stuff is quite unclear. Yeah. So we're just kind of left hanging. Uh what yeah. about our other character of note? We have the best uh, character name? in the movie? Ed, Ed Morgan.
1: I have uh the first thing I wrote down after seeing him was the schlubbiest little man in all of Cusco. <laughs> and my favorite part about him is that he has that like pullover sweater yes, with the stain forever. on it. Yes. The entire time. He has time. a
2: giant he has a giant chocolate stain. Yeah. On. Yeah. So, like the vest that he wears, and the movie takes place over the course of like I don't know a couple weeks or something. So like he like just never changes his clothes. He shows up, up to the has dig, a and I'm like, he's still wearing stain.
1: that freaking sweater. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think his character is bizarre because I guess he's supposed to be the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but he's so un like scary, and he's not really someone who's
2: intimidating. Does he have a job? Like, is he like some kind of low-level crime boss?
4: I don't know, What's because
1: going on? he just seemed like a schlubby guy who hangs out and plays pool in the weirdest fashion I've ever seen in my bad life. Bad pool.
4: Very bad ba- pool. Terrible, terrible at pool, pool player. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Charleston Heston still sends, like, Mr. and Mrs. Winston to him for a night on the town.
4: And I'm <laughs> right. like, what yes. is Ed
1: Morgan's right. night on the town? Are they just going to play pool in that bar? <laughs> Ditchy like, bar. Like...
4: <laughs> yeah quick note just wanted to say mrs winston is the name of the horny old lady i found it in my notes so i just wanted to note that that's if we keep talking about mrs winston and we should that's who she is
3: she like right off the rip when she arrives Loved she's her. she wants harry Steele so bad right in front of mr winston too it's so good <laughs> it's and incredible. they're
4: there it's so good uh so uh harry Steele, uh charlton heston is talking to uh her husband who's like, Oh, I think I'm I think I'm feeling sick. I, I I might be having a heart attack. And he's like, Oh no, it's just the altitude. We're two miles above the sea level. So you yeah, you, uh, you have to take it slow and easy. And without a, missing a beat, Mrs. Winston is like, That's the way I like it. And like just keep and just moves on. It was like, I love her. She's so great. She's just right out there. And her husband I even, whoop, like, no idea.
1: The next yeah. part of that scene, like the very next part, she asks Charlton Heston Oh, where will you be if we need you at the hotel and he's like right outside your door when she goes like wonderful service and he's like no one's complained so far and then it's she so makes good. this like darling you ought to take a nap when we get back yeah. to the hotel and I, it's like <laughs> is she going to invite like charlton heston into her room or is she gonna like take some, gonna some time to herself light some like, like, candles and yeah. charlton
0: heston <laughs> she or? was like a long
1: <laughs> I, I, nap
2: I, <laughs> i i think she was gonna fuck charlton heston
1: oh, yeah.
4: wouldn't that you was, that was what was going on there it was awesome it was great she's great I, i'm oh, sorry oh, I oh
2: that, that does remind me though jack's wouldn't you does remind me so so yeah charlton heston has been like so he he picks up all these tourists um and that's his job to show them around and makes a little bit of money and so he well, apparently is like hitting
4: Showing them around, like he lies yeah. to them and says, "Oh yeah, yeah the uh, the company told me to come show you around for like a hundred bucks a day." And they're like, "What? I don't remember that." He's like, eh, "It's real. Let's go."
2: Yeah. So then he's like hitting on women, and who all are incredibly receptive, uh, <laughs> as as the movie shows us. But so he, so there's this older lady. When we say old, she's not like this is not like an old lady. She's probably like late forties, maybe or early fifties or something. And so he's. I don't know, vaguely hitting on her. She's going hard at the whole uh, hitting on him. But then Elena shows up and that actress, you know, is probably like 25 or 30 or something. And, you know, she's also pretty. So like Heston ends up uh, like looking her direction and clearly, clearly being interested. And this other lady while they're on the tour catches him doing it. And she says something like, would uh cha- change changing horses in midstream and half.
4: she and
2: she oh, does geez. it with like a wry smile and he says wouldn't you <laughs> and then she gives a smile like you old dog and that's it <laughs> and it's like
4: what well because she knows she knows what's up i mean it's kind of implied that you know she and her husband don't get along very well in that regard uh but i I, I just mean that like her.
2: But when he says, wouldn't you, that's like such a shitty thing.
4: It's oh, yeah, like, yeah, awesome. she's
2: better than you, lady. Yeah.
4: Like, yeah, like, <laughs> she looks like like she back she at her and she's like, yeah. nah, I know where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's kind of how I see her with uh, the Harry Steele character is she's like, yeah, that's worth a shot. I'll try. And she tries a couple more times like uh, throughout the, movie, not the movie, but the rest of the time that they're in Cusco. Uh, She does a couple of attempts, but then she's like, "eh, it's not gonna happen." Like she seems like a good sport about it. Is my point?
3: She seems like somebody who's got a lot of irons in the fire. Like she's like, "Don't worry, I'm working. I'm working like twenty other guys at home." Like it's not. a Winston
4: is (laughs) iconic. She's great. Yeah,
3: she's great. I love it. Yeah, she's a fun character. Yeah. How many how many of those tours do you think he goes on? It appears that he strong arms people into paying him for the tours, but like there have to be plenty of days where. Harry Steele gives these very long, elaborate tours, and gets nothing out of it. I have to assume that there are the occasional tourists who are like, "I'm not doing. I'm not paying you. Like, I'm not doing it."
2: Then he just beats him up and leaves him for dead because
1: that's, I think, the character we're dealing with here, the Harry Steele way. Maybe that's yeah.
3: where Ed Morgan. That's where Ed Morgan comes in because, like, he's is he like he's not under his employ, right? like he doesn't work for anyone. I don't think so.
4: No. They just have like they rivals. do business together. They're business yeah, they're, like... they're business associates. It's that kind of uh frenemy thing. They've yeah. got a frenemy thing going on. No one controls the other. You scratch my other.
1: back, I scratch yours kind of thing.
4: Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz they're both, you know, thieves and grifters and that's how they get along in life. It's like, all right, I'll toss some business your way, you'll toss some business my way, but don't like get in on this you'll particular You toss an assassin business.
3: my way. <laughs> right. And so yeah. he, he tries to kill him uh because he knows he's going after that sunburst, right? And he wants to Yeah. That's what that's got,
4: about. <laughs> yeah, Harry's got a piece of rock that basically is a map somehow of where this famous sunburst is. And so Ed Morgan is like, I give me that. And Harry Steele's like, No. And then that scene ends. And yeah. then uh uh Harry Steele kinda gets shot at um the guy misses, and then Harry Steele goes and, quote, punches, unquote, him, uh, and then breaks his gun and finds out uh, that Ed Morgan sent the guy to just scare him, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I wonder right. if that's a lie. I don't know. It's It's weird.
1: I will say, in Ed's defense, if he hired someone to shoot at me and miss narrowly, I'd probably run away and be scared.
2: Right. I, I'm yeah. I'm pretty but impressed that you're Charles... not you're not Charlton Heston. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm pretty impressed that Charlton
1: Heston Heston's initial response was like, "All right, I got to run down to that hotel room and beat the shit out of that guy," <laughs>
3: and
4: yeah, then go absolutely. like
3: I and then it should be like, "Oh, and then go kill Ed," <laughs> like Ed <laughs> yeah, he he go after Ed.
4: <laughs> yeah, he goes after him and He's yells just... at him, and there that dialogue is great too because the Ed because was yeah, Ed Morgan's character or the character flips back and forth between being intimidating and being like a weak like baby person like (laughs) let me find the dialogue real quick so harry says uh that's that's this is the scene where he says uh you're just a big old tub of guts i don't need you uh and ed morgan's like i'm gonna get you shot the next time i'll hire a guy who's a better aim and Harry Steele says, "The next time you send a rifle after me, I'm going to come back and ram it up your nose." And oh, yeah. Ed Morgan goes, "Don't get mad." And it's like you just threatened to kill him. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be mad?
3: Like he guaranteed he's going to do it again. And, yes. and Harry Steele's just like, "Oh, you better not, Mister." That guy. The, uh, and then yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, the, the, I won't." The, the... the
2: crime element of this movie which is uh which is morgan and then his sniper associate they both play it really weird because the sniper guy is like this thin dude who does not seem tough whatsoever i mean all i have to do is shoot somebody but still he doesn't seem like a tough dude who's involved in crime harry steel goes to beat him up and he says uh he finds out that morgan hired him and gave him what did he, did he say it was five hundred dollars
3: or something or? or it was the currency down there. It's okay, yeah, the so is. yeah,
2: so whoever it was. And he's like, let me see it. And the guy gives it to him, and he takes it, and he's like, hey, that's my money. It's like, like he's like, like the guy literally just tried to shoot Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston rightfully shows up and's like, hey, I'm taking that. And the guy's like, no, come on, give it. And then Charlton Heston busts his gun, and he's like no, not my gun. It's like, you just tried to shoot him. And it's like, you are lucky he isn't just point blank shooting you in the face right now.
4: It was so fun. I actually felt bad for the rifle man in that scene because he was so pathetic. (laughs)
1: This mean American comes in, takes my money, breaks my
2: gun. And this once again, and this is one of the only action scenes of the film. So this is our like big bad in this moment is this like weak willed sniper who's like, no, come on, don't don't I'll take the whole can, yeah, yes. can can we split it? Can we split the money?
3: You know so that, that guy like that guy's wife was like, I knew you could never make it as a sniper. <laughs> You're
2: worthless. This
1: you wasted all of our like money stupid. on that stupid gun.
4: <laughs> Sold our cow. <cattle>. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so weird. So strange. There's just so many <laughs> yeah. strange
3: things in this. Like, I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but like you uh Jack, we're talking about how there's so many things you'll be thinking about after this is over. The thing that I'll be thinking about is how Charlton Heston held a glass. Like, have I you have ever that seen it? You I was don't, like, you, you he curled this. his I didn't I didn't notice. If you watch oh, yeah. it again, Giant he like curls glass. his entire hand around the glass and then like drinks it like a three-year-old where it's like <laughs> it's like a sippy cup. It's like, what are you doing? I've never seen anybody drink alcohol like that. Well, then I've never weird. seen someone
1: put it down, like a main character put so much down so quickly.
4: Yeah. Like oh, normally
1: they're, just... they're like sipping it and yeah, it's just, it's kind of like a, just a prop. But no, Charleston Heston. It's not it's a like, glass; oh. It's
4: a big yeah. glass.
1: It's he, a big glass. Yeah. Yeah. Back in those days, that had to be real too. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. It was like, Charleston Heston was probably just like, whatever, give me another glass. Yeah. They
4: didn't invent food coloring. There's no way they would have done And everybody was a method actor back then? Why would it have to be real? That's an odd thing to say. I I
2: think just because it was the 50s and people just got fucking blitzed. Yeah, I think that's
3: what I was going for, yeah. It it wasn't that they didn't have the ability. It was that Tom Heston was like, give me the fucking real stuff. Yeah, he opted for
1: it. (laughs) It
3: was like, please slow down, Mr. Heston. And he, like, busted somebody's face. We've got six
1: setups today. It's like, we're
2: on location. We are at high altitude, you know? Um, so another random moment. Um, this is like totally just out there. Um, but we've, we've talked on this on a lot of our different podcasts of like somehow or other Trump ends up getting infused in all of these podcasts of like some character. Usually it's Tim, uh, making some kind of connection or something, but I was going to say it wasn't um,
1: me this time. Yeah.
2: But, uh, but they're, they are talking about the sunburst and the Incan people, or, I mean, I guess they are Incans, uh, so it's the descendants, descendants yeah. of the Incans. Uh, the Peruvians are saying that there is like a legend. So basically the sunburst has been lost for centuries, and it's part of some temple, and I think they aren't sure you know, where it's at. They've, they've found a specific temple, and they think like, all right, it might be buried in here somewhere. So that's kind of the crux of what we're dealing with. But uh, one person kind of late in the game says that only when the sunburst is taken back to the temple of the sun will the people of Inca be great again. And I was like, no, oh. like that's just I can't help <laughs> but just make that connection. Like, get out, get I was out. Like, where is
1: it? where are you going with this one, then Where how are you going to find the connection to Trump?
3: Well, I didn't, I didn't... want to. <laughs> well, I didn't. I did not make that connection, and now it's now it's in my head. <laughs> so, thank you.
4: I thought you well, were gonna. Make a connection between Trump and the Ed Morgan character, yeah, who could. I have just found in my notes. I have noted him as "quote the sweaty stubble man who is bad," because I didn't know his name at the time.
1: So <laughs> you're gonna say that people referred to Donald Trump
3: sometimes as "Little Donnie Sunburst" or something, like... <laughs> or that, or that, like we find out that like he raided Machu Picchu or something. Like... <laughs> I like...
2: think, I think, yeah, he just tweeted about that. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I would assume that that temple is is somewhere else, right? Otherwise, like leave the because that was sort of an unclear thing where it's like, hey, once we have that thing back, we'll be we'll be back again. But it's like, well, wait a minute, isn't that thing already here? Like it's not here the whole time.
2: Yeah, I think they needed to go to the temple of the sun, but we never see the temple of the sun, which is also weird because the sunburst itself like, looks like a sun, and there's a sun emblem inside the temple, so it's like, well, wait,
3: so where does this go? It's like, yeah, it's not like you had to return it, it's like, I think it might be in its actual place. Like, you guys just might have messed this up on your own. Don't blame this on Quetzalcoatl. I think that's my end, by the way, but...
4: Good, good. You got in there before all the angry tweets from the (laughs) vast listenership to this Cancel this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... Quick you said not about... to get us on the news. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined it, Linton.
2: I just don't so... know any ink and Gods. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um there's a moment in that when in that temple where he is looking for the sunburst, where uh there the whole mirror thing happens. The whole like mirror you shine a light on the mirror in the temple yes. in the ruins yeah, and the, it shows the map you to room. another thing. Yeah. The map yeah, room. So I was I was I... delighted by that. That was fun.
2: Yeah, so that leads into an aspect I definitely want to talk about. Jack has uh, addressed it. We'll dig in a little more on that. The Indiana Jones connections, because I think there are a lot. I think that not just Raiders, because this movie, people have seen it as being an inspiration for Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I don't think it ends there. I think, like, knowing Spielberg and Lucas and that they are huge fans of movies in general and that they grew up like going to movies and loving like popcorn kind of movies. I'm sure this is something they grew up seeing. They obviously took from it for this film, but I would not be surprised if they went back to it and took elements oh, yeah. for future ones, because I think there are aspects. So I, I wanted to put that to the floor That's a, we we've talked a little bit in the beginning about it being Indiana Jones. I wanted to save it and kind of like, cover it because i have a lot of things that i can make connections where i could see they could have conceivably been drawing some inspiration but i'm curious uh so jack you mentioned so there is a map room scene i don't know if you want to like lead us through that a
4: little bit sure quickly did we mention in the beginning i forget it's been so long uh that the costume is exactly the same
2: no (laughs) uh so i i'll address that first so yeah, so on the costume, uh, he wears a brown leather jacket, white shirt, tan khaki pants. He has brown boots, uh, brown fedora. It's a l- little bit bigger um, than Indiana Jones. He also has a close beard that uh, wasn't very character. Yes, yeah, stubble wasn't very characteristic for characters of the '50s, and Indiana Jones obviously has that throughout all of his movies. And he has a revolver. And he has like a satchel at different points in a similar type of Indiana Jones look. So he doesn't have a whip, but for the most part, he looks dead on. And um, so like, yeah, they, there's no question that they must have used this. I mean, it's it's been said that both this and Jimmy mentioned Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Um, they also based Jones's look somewhat off of uh, Humphrey Bogart's look in that. And if you look up Treasure of the Sierra Madre, he definitely isn't like indiana jones but he has yeah but he but he has like khakis and a white shirt and he's all grubby and he's got like you know five o'clock shadow and he wears a hat at different points that's not totally off um but i did put in the document right before we started if you guys want to look at that scroll to the very bottom so this is one that i've i knew about secret of the incas and i definitely think that this that it's there that these connections are there but this is one that I discovered. I've never seen anyone really write much about it. I did find this comparison picture, but there's an older movie from the '70s with um, uh, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, yeah, with Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman, and it's called Papillon, and where hmm. they are on a like an island prison, and they're hmm. trying to escape. And at one point, Steve, it's like, it's okay, it's not bad. And at some point, Steve McQueen like gets out and I think there, he, maybe he's like meeting with like local people on the island or something to do with his escape. A but great escape. when I watched that movie, like, yes, Ooh. when I watched that movie, maybe like 15 years ago, I'm watching it and like he pops up in this get up that's like, holy fuck that he's just dressed like Indiana Jones. And, um, and it's just for this one part of the movie when he's kind of like going through the jungle at one point. So I've always wondered if they possibly looked because like Steve McQueen could have been Indiana Jones. Like he has the same look. He played those kind of roles. I wouldn't be surprised if they had this as a point of reference or maybe if Steve McQueen, it's that they're playing off of this Harry Steele character. I don't know. Or maybe like old adventure guys used to dress this way. (laughs) I don't know. But, um, but yeah. So we we definitely have the look of Harry Steele from the get go. And I'll I'll just ask, since nobody here had seen this movie, you didn't know why I was having you watch it. When he showed up on screen, did you immediately go, "Oh, oh, and he, he's he's Indiana Jones"? Or like, what what point did it cross over where you started to get a vibe?
1: Literally. I wouldn't say it was quite It was quite like that. It was more somebody laying there just going, hey, yeah, it looks like Indiana Jones a little bit.
4: <laughs> that was literally but yeah, my first close. note. In the very first scene that he's in, what I wrote down was, well, hello, young Charlton Heston dressed like Indiana Jones. Uh, so it was immediately, I was clued into that. And then like pretty soon after that, they were talking about treasure. I was like, yeah, okay, I see what's happening here.
3: Yeah. Yeah, when, when Lytton goes, hey, don't, look anything up on this and just start watching (laughs) immediately. The first, when I see that, I go, I see, Um, I I see what he's up to. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that it is like I said at the beginning, it's incredible that I've never heard of Mm -hmm. this or like in all of my, you know, travels through the (laughs) internet, I've never once like come across this connection or like somebody on like a message board or whatever, just saying just like hey did you guys know about this like I, it's so bizarre Agreed. that it that this has gone so uncovered for a lot of people i would have to imagine most people don't know about this which i i do find interesting that in this day and age how has this been so like
4: probably hidden? how is it's not that good Cause it's okay.
3: (laughs) I mean, really? Yeah.
2: I want to, I want to address that in a little bit. Let's, let's dig into the indie stuff. Um, So I, I, so we're talking about like how he looks and Jack, you were talking about the map. Yeah. Which I would say is, is probably, is probably the most like in your face. There's no way, there's no question that that's where this comes from.
4: So uh, I mentioned before that the Harry steel character had this broken piece of rock. That was kind of a map It's very unclear how, because they show shots of it, and it's like, this is nothing, but okay, sure. Uh, So he uh, goes into this temple, and he, like, sneaks in one night uh, before they have found this kind of main throne room. Uh, And he he finds this, like, kind of bowl-looking thing, a shallow type of bowl that I guess is made out of something metallic, possibly gold, not sure. But he finds it. And uh, he kind of compares it to the piece of rock that he has, which also has this smooth round divot in it. And he's like got his thumb in the divot and he's looking at the round bowl and he's like, yeah, like he nods and then goes off. And I'm like, sure. OK, whatever you say, Harry Steele, that's the same, I guess. Yeah, right. So then he comes back in, <laughs> sneaks back in once they found the throne room. He brings his flashlight in and he, you know, magically, is in all of these movies, uh, knows exactly where to place the flashlight aims it at um, yeah. this stone sunburst that they found that had this clear this weird square in the middle that they never talk about. Uh, all the other yeah. archaeologists are just like, oh, look, the stone sunburst, and no one mentions this weird square in the middle of it. And I had been trying to figure out what it was. It wasn't until this moment that you realize what it is. He aims his flashlight at it. It, like, bounces off perfectly. It's like, oh, it's a mirror. And I, got, I actually did get really excited. I was like, oh, it's just like Indiana Jones. Ah. <laughs> um, so, the flashlight reflects off of that, bounces to uh a part of the wall behind him, and he's like, "Aha, there's a divot in this wall and goes and takes the shallow bowl thing in the shallow divot place uh, that the light is hitting, and then that bounces to another just random rock on another part of the wall, and he start you know breaks into that, and ah, oh, there's the sunburst, and it's amazing. the end <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, I think
1: uh, I think it's hard to not see the the obvious yeah. correlation between that and the map room and yeah. Raiders,
4: or the mummy. Um, I think don't they I do think that? Raiders the mummy as obviously well. does it. It's a bunch of mirrors.
3: I think they do. Oh, I need to oh watch yeah, God, it. That's the how they light it up. Please watch that, it again. It is good. That's how yeah. they light up the. Uh, I just watched it recently. They uh, <laughs> they that's how they light up the treasure <laughs> yeah. room. They shine totally. all the mirrors. Yeah, yeah.
2: right. But in right, that, right. I would say they would be pulling. Straight from Raiders, if anything. Fair. Whereas this. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. yeah, Indiana Jones would be pulling from uh, this movie. And then, so what other bits did we pick up on that we thought were like comparable, similar so, to I stuff saw... in the trilogy or the quadrilogy, if you must? Ugh.
1: I saw a handful of things between this movie and Temple. Okay. Um, Outside of the, obviously like the uh, natives, you know, like they have natives within Temple of Doom handled not quite as well as I feel like uh, this movie. I think this movie actually does a really good job of not, like, stereotyping the natives. Yes, that's true. Um,
3: yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: you're kind of, like,
3: gripping your seat while yeah, you're watching. Oh, it. No, yeah. no. oh, my God.
4: That was my
1: yeah. worry. <laughs> no, but it's handled uh, rather deftly. Um, but the, the biggest uh, correlation that I saw between this and Temple was the raft down the river. You know, like, they land the plane. He finds, like, I, this one, he actually just finds a raft. But then they're going down the river, and it's... And it's taking them to the, uh, the um, Incan. Um, temple ruins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, the big one. I was like, Aha, I've seen that before.
2: I think just also. Oh, generally oh speaking, uh, like... real quick on that. The RAF scene actually was originally in Raiders too. Oh, they ended up putting oh. it into temple. Mm. It, I mean, it wasn't shot or anything, but it was in the original script hmm. uh, at one point and they were planning on it. I don't know exactly where it would have fallen in. And then when they went to do Temple of Doom, they took unused ideas from Raiders earlier drafts, and they worked those in. So I, I oh, remember that the, so the raft scene, the raft scene was yeah. one, and the other is at the very beginning when the the gong is rolling, and he's getting shot at, and he's like w- like running with the gong to avoid getting shot. That somehow was part of an original draft of Raiders. So they've they've been doing that. Like from the beginning, I know like little bits and pieces that got left over like, ah, well, we're not going to throw that out. That's just going in this one. Um, So, yeah. So they could have easily been pulling from this movie for that and just saved it for later.
3: I think to just generally speaking, the idea that he doesn't, you know, walk away with the treasure, that Mm -hmm. he he knows what the right thing to do Mm -hmm. with the treasure is. And I don't know how much of that is like a character beat that, you know, Lucas and Spielberg were really like like oh they do it in secret of the incas let's make our <laughs> character do that i but i mean i think like if you're just looking for parallels th- there's there seem to be something there where at the end of the day harry Steele isn't necessarily just like a criminal grave robber yeah he he knows what the right thing to do is where he helps these descendants of the incas or the incan empire to you know to, it's not just like oh treasure it's it's he knows what to do with it and That's always, you know, it belongs in a museum, that kind of thing. I
2: I think the end is very similar to how Temple of Doom ends, because Temple of Doom, he gives the village the Sankara stone um, when, you know, there were multiple ones. Some of them get lost in the river when he's battling on the bridge, but he has one left. He could go off and sell it, but he gives it back to them because it's like this holy object. And he has this moment with uh, Willie at the end where they're talking about fortune and glory. And it like, it plays really similar to me in this movie of him with the woman, uh, Elena. And it, it just felt very similar. And I think she, to me stands out kind of similar to Willie as well of being these like two characters who are kind of stuck with each other. Um, she definitely, I would say she feels more akin to Willie than like um, Marion. Yeah, oh, I'd say of
1: all the Indiana Jones uh, heroines, she definitely has a lot more willie in her than, um, than any of the <laughs> Um yeah, They
3: don't. Really, yeah, they don't give her anything <laughs> to to really do. That, she's not as right. she's not
2: as grating as Kate Capshaw.
1: Oh, I'll give her that. Much. No. But they even drape her in like a, a, you know, like a towel at one point. You know, in the same way that I think it, they oh. drape Kate
3: Capshaw in a towel in like the the forest. That's a great. Oh, uh, that's a great uh, uh, thing that I forgot. When she's taking the I, bath, that and seems Harry Just watching. That her. seems
4: so funny. <laughs> comes, Thanks for reminding he comes me of in that. After yeah, she's no in problem. the bath, <laughs> and uh, she freaks out. She's like, "How long have you been standing there?" He's like, "Oh, ages and ages." Even though he, you know, didn't. <laughs> He's playing, I saw you naked, uh, but he didn't. And uh at one point, she's like, "You peeping Joe," and he's like, "You left the windows open. The neighbors are complaining. It's like there are no windows. They're just in this open area. It was good. It's been, a bit bit of fun." Yeah,
3: yeah it, it was a fun yeah. little exchange.
2: But yeah, that that moment where they're in the jungle together does play a lot like a moment with Indian Willie in Temple mm-hmm. of Doom. I forgot about like the draping the the jacket or whatever, but just, just them like kind of like sitting there on a log together is it's staged very similarly. Um, I've got some other ones, but anything else that we drew connections with?
1: Uh, I think it would be uh, silly to not mention the fact that, I mean, this movie ends in basically the same way as crystal skull oh. where an alien spaceship comes out <laughs> of the temple ruins <laughs> And flies off. I mean, I was like, well, obviously. I mean, they were waiting to use that one for Indiana yeah. Jones.
3: <laughs> and that scene in Cusco where Cusco. he uh, gets into a fridge and it, Cusco yeah, and you know,
2: Costco, Steve, <laughs>
4: yeah, so right. Costco, Costco. you know, in Costco. Cusco, 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 Cusco the name Cusco of the
3: place is Cusco. Cusco's
4: town. Cusco. The name of town is Cusco. That Cusco.
3: I will say it's kind of funny. I can cause... promise you, I will not get that
4: right.
1: And doing some research uh, for this movie, I did see that the movie that Charlton Heston had done, like, right previous to this, was one about, like, terrorizing ants. <laughs> and again, oh, I was like, hey, was yes. it like a home movie? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull!
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> maybe they just loved all the Charlton Heston stuff.
2: Uh, maybe. Um, so, yeah, so the other stuff I picked up on, I mean, this isn't, like, as strong uh, to some degree. But you've got the ancient temples aspect, so that plays into a lot of stuff. All throughout Indiana Jones, but in the opening of Raiders, they are in South America. And when he goes into that temple, it all like looks kind of the same. Uh, it's definitely done better and much more action-oriented. We don't get any rolling boulders or spikes or anything fun like that in this movie. But um, So there's some similarities there. The, the fact that they're looking for this lost artifact. So there's a MacGuffin just like in all the Indiana Jones movies. And then this one is a little bit more vague, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were pulling from a little bit. So you have Ed Morgan, you could argue is functions similarly to Belloc. Belloc is a much more interesting character Mm. and better character. And they aren't similar. Like Belloc is not uh, an old overweight sleazy (laughs) man, but uh, they, he is sort of a rival archeologist, Indiana Jones, just like, um ed morgan is this rival like treasure hunter and the weird one though once i started thinking like all right what connections could i make this one might be me reaching but ed morgan seems kind of like the character mac from kingdom of the crystal skull because like in that movie Mm. you have indiana jones has like a partner that keeps double crossing him. And Indiana Jones keeps stupidly going along with him, which is very similar (laughs) to this movie. But Indiana Jones keeps like, I don't know, you're okay in my book, Mac. Um, (laughs) But Mac is like presented as like a kind of overweight, haggard. uh, He's got five o'clock shadow, just sweaty. Like he basically looks like Ed Morgan and he's out for himself and he's like fucking him over at the end. And so, like it, it really kind of seems like that character transposed into the Indiana Jones world.
3: That's a fair point. I'm glad that I'm glad that you recognized <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's all I needed. That's I mean, I, I can need. I can see facts. That doesn't mean I'm going to be like, oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> there was one
1: other uh, very small one that I think I picked up on, and I, again, I don't know what the history of the Paramount Pictures logo. But I'm pretty sure Raiders starts off with the same like old school like 50s Paramount Pictures logo that is oh, used in this movie, and I don't know if Paramount Pictures was still sure. using that That's in the uh, 80s. But it's I, I saw the logo and I was like, oh man, that you know, okay. I didn't pick it up on the first time, but once I saw the other, uh, you know, correlations, I I kind of rewatched a little bit of the beginning again, and I saw that and I was like, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> uh. I wonder too. <laughs> That's very astute, and I wonder if uh, because Quite, it's Steven yes, you go yes, on. yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder if if the if the Paramount connection is like makes it a stronger thing where there's some sort of like development connection between it where they're like, hey, we had this property thirty years ago oh. or twenty some years so, ago, and like you know, yeah, I don't so know. So that's
2: um, that's actually. A premake, yeah. Um, that is actually something I wanted to ad- to address. That yeah, Paramount made this movie, and they made all of the Indiana Jones movies. I mean, it's it's Lucasfilm was you know the production company, but Paramount released all of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, they had the distribution rights. So, I honestly think, I mean, not only do I think that they pulled from this movie hard for the Indiana Jones movies, particularly Raiders. But I think that the fact that Paramount was behind it meant that they wouldn't get sued. Like Uh I, you know, because if, if this was a different production company, if Warner brothers had released this movie or something, you might legitimately have a lawsuit on your hands But if if Lucas and Spielberg, whether they intended to, like, go past the point of, like, where it gets into potential copyright infringement or not, the fact that they were with Paramount kind of made that moot where it probably wasn't going to happen. And I do wonder if if the reason that we don't know much about this movie and I'll do my can I find this thing at the end, the reason we don't know much about this movie, I wonder if Paramount has kind of suppressed it. I wonder if huh. they have like tried to distance it because I mean not that it could do anything I mean they would be the ones that would be suing Lucas and Spielberg I guess maybe the writers and directors conceivably could if they were still alive or something but I wonder if they've intentionally kind of kept it as like yeah this was the old thing and then we made it way better and it made us 2 billion dollars like so they just every day care. Yeah, so they just don't ever, like, do anything with it or talk about it. So I wonder if that's part of it, that why it's... Because, like, there's other Charlton Heston things that, like, still play and still are well-known.
4: The Moses this one? If I didn't was... look it
1: up. Did this movie
4: do it well? Did...
2: Uh, I, it wasn't, I couldn't find anything on the money. I think it, it was at least yeah. somewhat successful because of like the Peruvian tourism stuff. I would think if it totally tanked, then people probably wouldn't have been like, ah. Oh. The 300 <laughs> people that saw it were like, we're going yeah. to Peru. And Heston was like, you know, a decent sized star at the time. So it probably was at least He's like a tall. modest hit. <laughs> I got to ask you guys, oh, we, haven't re-
1: we haven't really talked about Charlton Heston. We've and been talking about him for like an hour. What are you much. talking about? <laughs> No, no, no! But not not Heston himself. So, like, this is actually only the second Charlton Heston movie I've well, ever that's sad. seen
0: what?
1: outside of Planet of the Apes.
0: Wow!
1: And I think and this honestly, might be the only he's, Charlton he was in Heston
3: some movie good I've stuff. ever seen. With that's how little people. I watch. Yeah.
1: I know, I know, he's in I'm some good stuff. But honestly, whole I've, whole I've whole never had much of
2: a desire <laughs> I'm, to I'm see with many you, Jack. Let's, let's shame them. Let's shame them hard.
4: That's all I know how to do. That's how I make friends. So. The ones
2: <laughs> I'm sure weird. I've seen other ones, but the ones off the top
4: of my head,
2: I know there's like well, Ben-hur, so there's Ben Hur, right? which is a it's and a, so, a solid movie. Uh, Ten Commandments, I've never been like <laughs> oh. I've never loved it, but it's it's well made. He was in the Omega Man where he fights zombies in the apocalypse, so that's you know fun to watch at some point. He is in the second Planet of the Apes movie, um, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, he has like a small part at the end as the same character. He's in the remake Planet of the Apes as an ape. Um, you know, the, the, not the, not the newest one, the, uh, Tim Burton one. Um, he had like a fun kind of cameo in that, um, he was in bowling, bowling yeah, for yeah, Columbine was... where he was, uh, oh, torn yeah, apart on that. screen <laughs> by Michael Moore. Um, so I guess I have seen, and, multiple and, uh, <laughs> let me think. Oh, he's in
1: true lies was oh, the only yeah, other he's one in
2: that he's in he's in he, he
1: he played some he had a cameo in true well, okay lies. Touch,
2: so i have seen touch guess of evil the class you've seen all of his movies touch of is, uh, <laughs> a is a big one that he was in and then jack keeps making <laughs> uh punching motions that is trying to convey something to me i don't know what she's saying if she thinks he's in rocky but he wasn't um...
4: no million dollar baby is that him
2: no that's uh that's Clint Eastwood. That's Clint Eastwood. Um, I think uh, I'm They're pretty sure same. Heston was also in um, uh, in the Mouth of Madness, the John Carpenter movie. So that was one of his like. He's in
4: some movie that gets day, right? uh, memed a lot. I mean, he's yeah. an angry old man on a porch.
1: That's Clint Eastwood too. I think he's not. <laughs> i looking um,
4: that one up. So, Brian right.
2: Torino? So, looking at some other ones, El sid was kind of a big thing he did yeah. back in the day. I mean, I will say, Linton, I know he's been no, in a I'm, lot.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just, just saying, make- I haven't That's seen fine. much. And I i don't have, this movie doesn't
3: make me want to go out and see more Charlton Hester. <laughs> that is I think I mean the classics. <laughs> yeah, we were going to let so you figure wish. that one out, Jack. <laughs> We, uh, I, I'm with you, Jimmy, in that I think it's the classic Charlton Heston stuff where I, I have a hard, I will say, I have a very oh, hard time and green. willing myself soylent to Soylent Green uh, is yeah. people. It's so better. good. <laughs> I have a hard time uh, willing myself to watch old older movies, and I, I think that's just a Steve, personal Steve thing. Steve stops at the where... 90s, as per his podcast.
4: Did he also start <laughs> at the 90s I, when were you born? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, st- I started in the <laughs> 80s. All right, all right. I but I don't know I guess it's I only have so much finite time on this planet that I sometimes don't feel like spending it watching like a seventy-year-old movie. So
4: okay, like, all right.
3: I'll just watch Ghostbusters for the five hundred <laughs> to Say, a
4: forty-year-old movies, and, sign me up. And you know
3: what? <laughs> and you know what? It. it, it I works. mean, I will, fully, I will. I will. Life fully is indoors, good. Uh, watching
2: Ghostbusters many, many times, but no, I, I don't know. Um Heston, I think, like, I mean, he was, he was like, kind of an action slash drama star of his day. I mean, I listed a bunch of stuff. I don't own a ton of them, but he is fun in, uh, in in the kinds of roles he could do. I mean, it was, it was similar to like Clint Eastwood or Harrison Harrison, yes. Harrison Ford or other people <laughs> where they were, you know, they would play good tough guys. But he was like a legit actor and could be pretty good in roles. But yeah, so he won an
1: Oscar. I, I mean, won I- a couple Oscars. I'm someone who was, that does go out and yeah. watch some older movies from time to time, and I like love Jimmy Stewart, yeah, I love uh yeah. Humphrey Bogart. I'll watch just about anything I can get my hands on with them, but like Charlton Heston just i I would do
2: encourage Soylent Green and Omega Man as good as drunk watches they're <laughs> they fun drunk watches <laughs>
1: actually I, Jack I'll I'll think, I, I think do. Clint Eastwood does it for you, and you just think it's charlton. <laughs> <laughs>
4: no because i only
1: know you're like the good and the bad the ugly the best has no, to when the they thing.
4: when they get old they look the same then i'm not interested anymore i'm like yeah it's a you know old rugged yeah. guy you know whatever
2: so anyway um yes. wrapping up here uh would we recommend secret of the incas
4: there are already I have a list of people in my head to whom I am going to say you must watch this movie because they will appreciate it. But they really enjoy the older type of movies and they really enjoy um, Indiana Jones. And a couple of them are into like cosplay and stuff like that. Like uh, one guy dresses up like uh, Steve Rogers a lot. Um, and I'm like, you'll get a kick out of this movie. You'll enjoy this movie. I know it. So, I yes, depending.
3: Is it as old man <laughs> Steve Rogers?
4: Uh, no, because he's a young man at the moment. I'm he sure when he's old, he'll be like, "Finally, old man." Yeah, but you could
3: still—that would be—that actually would be a super fun cosplay. Would have just be to to be like ninety-eight thousand-year-old Steve Rogers, <laughs> just walking alive. around Dust? and not
2: being able to pick up Thor's hammer. But not because you're not worthy. It's just way too heavy these
3: days. <laughs> <laughs> and like you get to just sit on a bench. It seems fairly. That seems fun. Anyway. <laughs> Um,
1: I think I'm in uh, the same, you know, boat as Jack. Where, like, I think there are some people that would enjoy this movie for the fact that it is so heavily uh, comparative to like mm-hmm. the Indiana Jones movies. Um, I don't think I would scream from the heavens that this is like a, a great movie and a great watch, <laughs> but I think uh, for the, the the whole point, and, and to Steve's point, like, I I know a pretty good amount of Indiana Jones trivia. This has never been on my radar. So I think to that point, it's pretty interesting.
3: Yeah, that, that's why I would recommend it. Is it's such a cool nugget of movie history and movie trivia that it almost seems essential if you're an Indiana Jones fan to check this out. Um, yeah, I'm not. Re- I wouldn't recommend it on the merits of it being like a super great movie. Although there's, you know, it's I mean, th- there's some always charm. fun stuff to find. <clears throat> it's got some charm. There's some really fun lines in it. I'm with you, Jack, on like the dialogue being super fun. So, it just—it's like, what's your threshold for that kind of, you know, fun in a movie? Like, do do you appreciate that? Cool, you'll like this. Um, And then there's the Indiana Jones element. So, yeah, hell yeah. I
1: almost wish that there was someone with more time on their hand somewhere on the internet (laughs) who did, you know, because someone someone took the Indian like Raiders and made it black and white, and it was like a cool cut. Yeah, pretty neat. I wish someone would take this movie. And just add they, the theme well, music to Raiders so into it. That'd be great. It's, and the whole thing. And I think well, it would be Well, not that. It's funny bad.
2: you mentioned that. So I may have actually discovered this. Um, it, I may have originally come across it. I, I used the term pre-make earlier in the show. There actually was kind of little, a little mini project on YouTube called, where some somebody, I mean, I, I don't know who it was. You can find it if you look up pre-makes. Somebody did some little film project, and I revisited it. And it looks like because it was YouTube around like 2011 or 2012, the quality of these things actually don't look very good now. It's like they were doing it in like 480 or something. So you look at it now, it's like, oh man, like an idiot. this is rough. But they did what they <laughs> called like pre-makes and they did pre-makes of Ghostbusters, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire Strikes Back. And I think a couple other things. And what they did was they took clips from older films and compiled them in little like fake trailers to make it seem like these, movies existed in the past. So one of them was like Ghostbusters. They took a bunch of these old like ghost movies with Bob Hope and different people, and they cast them as like fake mm-hmm. versions of Peter Venkman and stuff. And they're t- mixing and matching from different things. They did star Wars and they took a lot of like Buck Rogersy stuff. And they did a lot of stuff. They did a Raiders of the lost Ark where they did most of this. They took a little bit of Harrison Ford from the greatest show on earth, where he also wears a big fedora hat um and they they inserted in some like stuff with nazis from different movies of the 40s so they they the goal was to make it look like these movies actually existed it's a fun little project if you want to like try to track it down that may have been how i originally found it so it's kind of been done um just not with the you know the full movie with john williams music or anything um okay So for me, uh, would I recommend this? I kind of fall in the similar camp as these guys. I think it's an interesting curiosity. I think if you're any a Jones fan, I would definitely say you should check it out just to kind of see what it's all about and to see those connections. If you have listened to the podcast and you're like, yeah, but it sounds kind of boring, really. You're not wrong. Um, So in that event, (laughs) you might look up You know, just try to find some of the clips on YouTube. Specifically, you you can look up, like, how Harrison Ford looks, uh, or sorry, how Charlton Heston looks throughout it. And
3: (laughs) I'm always looking up how Harrison Ford looks. uh,
2: (laughs) Still great. And, you know, try to find, like, the map room, well of the souls type scene. Um, But, yeah, so if you're an Indiana Jones fan, I would say it is worth tracking down. And trying to suss out why Lucas and Spielberg were not sued uh, out the wazoo for this movie. <laughs> but yeah, so, but like, for me personally, like, it's not one that I like, love or would own, but uh, I did subject all of these people to watching it. So maybe you want to watch it too. <laughs> all right. Uh, which brings us to, can I find this? So as I said earlier, I wonder if Paramount is suppressing this and has been for a while, because you cannot find this movie virtually at all. It is not on any streaming sites that I could find. And usually these things are like on like something, something obscure or whatever. I couldn't find it on anything. It has been uploaded in full on YouTube. So you can see it on that, but I'm sure that's not, but it's not like you're paying for it through YouTube. So somebody just did it. So that could go at any moment.
3: Somebody did that to a lot of old movies, just as an aside. There are lots and lots of old movies on YouTube that are uploaded in full. Yeah. Um, Nobody cares there, about that. Anymore. You don't. There's uh,
2: there's no Blu-ray for this movie, <laughs> and don't. it I can't tell if it actually has ever been released on DVD, um, because the the thing that's on YouTube and any files that are circulating out there easily could have been like taped off of like AMC or something maybe, because when I looked up to even find out if it was on DVD, I was seeing a couple different copies of stuff, but a couple of them absolutely were pirated. Versions Like you could tell the DVD case was not like professionally done. And then one of them was like real borderline. So it was like maybe some little boutique DVD outlet in like the year 2002 released it or something. I don't know, but it doesn't seem to have ever had like a significant wide release at all. So it's it's not an easy one to find other than, um, you know, that it's currently on YouTube and then any nefarious means that you have to track it down.
1: Was it ever released on VHS, Linton?
2: I didn't dig that far, Jimmy. I also didn't check Betamax. Reel to reel, didn't look... <laughs> Yeah, don't have the Betamax player, but I do have
1: a VHS player that <laughs> ah, still so works. You're the
2: one. <laughs> so that is our episode on Secret of the Incas. We will be back next time with the 1980s horror film The Stuff, which is very akin to The Blob. So join us for The Stuff.